Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 15 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. No interview this week, but we do have the much-anticipated release of our updated high school rankings, a recruiting roundup, a Union Omaha update, an Omaha Kings update, and an update on our UWS teams in the Omaha area. I will touch a little bit on the Metro Tournament, but not too much, as that has gotten a lot of space on our social media the last few days. Before we get started, I want to thank this week's newest supporters, Laura Whitlock, Anna Burns, Lucy Gonzo, Mark McLaughlin, Justin Poole, Phil Pisale, Leanne Kirchner, Hunter Bowe, Laura Whitlock, Taylor Lewis, and a supporter who wished to remain anonymous. I'm very thankful for our Nebraska Soccer Talk Supporters Club to join our Supporters Club and receive early and exclusive content like our rankings, tournament previews, Game of the Week notes, and more. All you have to do is visit our Patreon or our Venmo. Patreon is www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. And our Venmo is www.venmo.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. These will also be in the show notes. If you or anyone you know is interested in having your business advertised with Nebraska Soccer Talk, please reach out to us. Enough of that, though. Let's get to the good stuff. Nebraska Soccer Talk's Recruiting Roundup is brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. Senior Grosman Luna of Lincoln Southwest High School in Sporting Nebraska has committed to continue his soccer career at NAIA program Doan University. Luna plays forward for Lincoln Southwest High School. Senior Bella Kane of Abraham Lincoln High School in Council Bluffs has signed to continue her career with NAIA side College of St. Mary in Omaha. Kane is a defender for Abraham Lincoln and has appeared in all four games for the Lynx during their 3-1 start to the season. Junior Bree Corta of Lincoln Pius has committed to continue her career at Division I program University of North Texas. The University of North Texas, located in Denton, Texas, competes in Conference USA. They went 8-5-4 last season, reaching the final of the Conference USA Tournament. Corta plays her club soccer for Gretna Elite Academy's ECNL program. Senior Kay Hopfensberger of Nebraska Lutheran has signed to continue her career at NAIA program Midland University in Fremont, Nebraska. Hopfensberger is a midfielder. Trey Olson, who plays his club soccer for Dreamers FC, has committed to Doan University. And those are all our prep announcements as we have one transfer announcement. Haley DeWitt of Southeastern Community College is continuing her career at NAIA Dort University in Iowa. DeWitt, who played her prep soccer for Lincoln Christian and Lincoln FC, was a goalkeeper who appeared in 10 games for the Storm, starting three. She notched 58 saves while allowing 10 goals against. Dort University competes in the GPAC. Nebraska Soccer Talks Recruiting Roundup was brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the most transparent, personable, and affordable U.S. college soccer recruiting service. Sports Recruiting USA has been advising and helping place student-athletes with college soccer programs since 2010. To learn more about Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. The Omaha Kings, Omaha's professional indoor soccer team, had another successful season, but it ended in heartbreak this weekend. After winning the major Arena Soccer League third division title last year, 
the Kings made a terrific and valiant run to the second division playoffs, falling in the semifinal to the San Diego Sockers. The Kings and the Sockers went to overtime before the Sockers eventually ran out winners 9-8. to Guillerme Alencar for the Kings finished as the second star of the match with three goals and one assist. The Kings made it to the semifinals after making and winning the Midwest Conference Championship playoffs. The Kings have done a great job continuing to build a team full of local product or local talent and put a good product on the field. I'm excited for what they are going to have going on next year, and we have some plans in the works to be more involved with them as well. If you want to learn more about the Omaha Kings, check out my interview with owners Emmanuel and Natalie Vial on episode four of this season of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Moving to the outdoor game and to USL 1, it's been a pretty good week for Union Omaha. First, they announced the return of Amir Alihadzic to the Union Omaha squad. Alihadzic played for the Owls last season. He also spent some time in the USL Championship. Alihadzic will be a familiar name to Nebraska soccer fans as he was also a standout for the University of Nebraska Omaha while Coach Jay Mims was coaching there. On Tuesday, the Owls welcomed the Des Moines Menace to Morrison Stadium for a U.S. Open Cup second round game. This was the first time the U.S. Open Cup competition has been played in Nebraska. For those who aren't familiar, the U.S. Open Cup is a great event for American soccer, which basically allows all professional teams to play against each other regardless of division. The Owls ran out 2-1 winners, and they have drawn MLS side Chicago Fire in round three, a big opportunity for our local club. Finally, the Owls traveled to Madison, Wisconsin and earned a 2-2 draw against rivals forward Madison. Former Omaha Mavericks standout Hugo Kamatani opened his Union Omaha account with the opening goal for the Owls. While the Owls are always looking for three points, taking a point on the road in a season opener after playing a midweek game is not something to be disappointed in. Union Omaha have an upcoming USL 1 game against Tormenta on the road before traveling to MLS side Chicago Fire for the US Open Cup. The home opener for the Union Omaha will be on April 23rd against Central Valley Fuego. Moving over to the women's side, we have a couple roster announcements from our two clubs that are sponsoring a UWS side. First, for Sporting Nebraska. SNFC announced Creighton defender Hitomi Yamao to join their UWS squad this summer. Yamoe played in all 19 games in her first season for the Blue Jays, starting 10. Yamoe came to Creighton as an NJCAA standout at Tyler Community College in Texas. SNFC also announced St. Cloud State midfielder Gracie Parsons. Parsons spent two seasons with the Mavericks before transferring to Division II St. Cloud State University. Parsons appeared in 14 games for the Mavericks. Before her college career, Parsons, an Omaha native, competed for both Burke High School and Sporting Omaha's DA program. Over to Gretna Elite Academy, who have a lot of announcements to talk about. GEA has announced Sophia Grantham, Sydney Casalia, Grace Crockett, Anna Jennings, Reagan Zimmers, Abigail Santana, Cece Lamangi, and Sophie Lamangi. We can break down all these additions really quick. Grantham and Jennings compete for UMKC in the Summit League. Grantham, a Blair High graduate, has appeared in 32 games for the Ruse in her first two seasons. Jennings, a Papio South graduate, has appeared in 36 games for the Ruse in her first two seasons, starting 35 of them. Crockett and Zimmers compete for University of Nebraska Omaha. Zimmers, a Millard North graduate, has appeared in 40 games over three seasons and is an athletic presence in the midfield and the attack for the Mavericks. Crockett, a Marion graduate, is a tough tackling defender for the Mavericks and has appeared in 27 matches with 17 starts. 
Abigail Santana is a Marion, Iowa native and 2019 Iowa Gatorade Player of the Year. She plays forward for Great University and led the Jays in goals with eight this past season. Santana is the only player in this round of GEA announcements that did not prep in the state of Nebraska. Next up, the Lamondi sisters. Both Cece and Sophia are Elkhorn South graduates and played club soccer for GEA's ECNL teams. Cece, a South Dakota State Jackrabbit, has appeared in 69 games over four seasons with the Jacks. She has been a part of multiple Summit League championships. Sophie, a UMKC Roo, appeared in all 19 games for the Roos this last season, playing a team-high 1,700 minutes. She showed incredible endurance playing 90-plus minutes in 18 of UMK's ni- UMKC's 19 games. Last but certainly not least, goalkeeper Sydney Casalia. Casalia, a Millard West graduate, is one of the most accomplished soccer players and athletes to co- come out of Nebraska in recent years. A graduate of Army, Casalia was a two-time Patriot League Goalkeeper of the Year, two-time captain of the Army women's soccer team, and a recipient of the United States State's Military Academy's most prestigious honor, the Army Athletic Association Award. This is such a great addition for the GEA UWS team, and it's going to be great to see Casalia back on the field in Omaha again. Before we get to the high school rankings, we are going to take a quick ad break for one of our sponsors. Before we get into the updated rankings, a quick reminder that these rankings are based on the opinions of mostly myself, with some assistance from Jack Hoover, as well as some just general feedback from coaches around the state. They are for entertainment and discussion purposes only, and motivational purposes for some. They do not affect a team's PowerPoints, seeding, or chances to make the state tournament. This was proven very quickly last time we released the rankings two weeks ago. They can change in pretty much a day. This week's Nebraska High School rankings are brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work to those who go on leisurely walks to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. We are going to start off this week's rankings once again with Class B, which was difficult once I got out of the top five teams on the boys' and the girls' side. After that, um, both sides had a lot of teams beating and losing to one another and not a ton of consistency. The reigning champion, Scott Catholics, stay at number one in this week's rankings for the girls. The Skyhawks have two one-goal overtime losses on their record, but both the ranked Class A teams. Scott also has wins over strong Council Bluff squads, Lewis Central and Abraham Lincoln. Having seen both them and Norris in person, their losses to the two Class A teams are just not enough for me to have the Titans hop the Skyhawks in the rankings. The Titans are 8-1 with their lone loss to Class A Lincoln Pius. Outside of the two goals conceded to Pius, the Titans have not conceded a goal all season, and they have been utterly dominant over Class B opposition. Not to take any shine off other Class B teams, but I personally will really want to see a matchup or a rematch between Norris and Scott sometime this postseason, and that will probably end up being the state championship game. The Duchenne Cardinals have not lost since our last rankings came out, and they are 8-1 and on the season as well. 
While the talk and the focus has been on the top two, Duchenne is patiently waiting in the wings for one of those two to slip. They do have some tough matchups coming up on the back half of their schedule, so it will be interesting to see where they stand in two weeks. In at number four are Columbus Scotus. A couple weeks ago, I took a chance and kept the Shamrocks high in the rankings despite their rocky start and record. The belief paid off as the Rocks have reeled off six straight wins, several of them notable wins over fellow Class B-ranked opponents. SCOTUS will look to continue their run this week against a solid Grand Island Northwest squad. Up to number five are the Bennington Badgers. This one is definitely on me. I severely underranked the Badgers coming into the season, and they have certainly proven me wrong. The Badgers started off one and two with both losses coming to Scott and Norris. They have since gone on a seven-game winning streak, including three wins over Class A opposition. Down to number six are Lincoln Luther and Raymond Central. LLRC are six and two with losses to Platteview and Scoutus. However, they have one of the weaker schedules of the top 10 teams, and that is reflected in their PowerPoints. Depending on performances of other teams, I don't expect LLRC to stay in the sixth spot heading into the next two rankings. Their schedule also gets harder with Waverly and Norris on the books. In at number seven, I have Blair. The Blair Bears are 5-2 with losses to Waverly and SCOTUS. The Bears have a tough second-half schedule with games against Norris, Bennington, and Elkhorn coming up. If the Bears can sneak a win from one of those three, that will help keep them in the top 10. Into the rankings at number 8, it is Elkhorn. The Elkhorn Antlers' only two losses are to Norris and Bennington. They own solid wins over Waverly, Elkhorn North, and SCOTUS. The Antlers are having a better season than I predicted that they would, and it will be interesting to see where they stand after the EMC tournament and the second half of their schedule that contains a mix of Class A teams, Iowa teams, and ranked Class B teams. Down to number 9, it's Elkhorn North. The Wolves needed a road trip sweep out west to stay above 500 after losing three straight to Elkhorn, Blair, and Duchenne. The Wolves will hope that their sweep over Hastings and Scott's Bluff can give them some momentum going into the EMC tournament and a very tough back half of the schedule that contains games with Scott, Scotus, Bennington, and Norris. Finally, in at number 10 is Waverly. Waverly does own an OT win over Blair earlier in the season, but since then it's been mostly up and down for the Vikings. They have beat the teams they should beat, but have seen losses to Norris, Elkhorn, and Elkhorn North. I don't think the Vikings deserve to be dropped from the top 10 quite yet, but they are in a tenuous position heading into the second half of the season. My five teams to watch for Class B girls are Mercy, Lexington, Hastings, Northwest, and Platteview. After losing their first three, Mercy have won six of their last seven. Lexington are four and three and have been up and down with their results the last couple of weeks. Hastings started off the season hot, winning five in a row, but have since only won one of their last five. Northwest may feel most aggrieved to be left out of the rankings at 4-1, but they have no ranked wins and a tough loss to Scott's Bluff. Platteview, at 6-3, probably have the best argument for a ranking spot with a win over LLRC, but the Trojans have been just inconsistent enough for me to keep them out. But that's just for now. Before we move over to the boys, a recap of the girls' rankings. We have Scott at 1, Norris at 2, Duchenne at 3, Columbus at 4, Bennington at 5, Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central at 6, Blair at 7, Elkhorn at 8, Elkhorn North at 9, Waverly at 10, with teams to watch that include Mercy, Lexington, Hastings, Northwest, and Platteview. We're going to take a quick transition break before we head over to the Class B boys. Now to the Class B boys rankings. 
The Lexington boys stay at number one despite a strong push by Scott to reclaim that top spot. The Minutemen lost their first two games of the season, but they have an eight-game win streak going and don't look set to lose that anytime soon given their schedule coming up. The neutral and supporter in me wants to see the Minutemen and Scott meet one more time in the postseason. Scott stays at number two despite an outstanding last three weeks. Their only loss coming in a 2-1 defeat to Creighton Prep, making the Skyhawks the team that has given the Junior Jays the best run for their money in this first half of the season. Scott owns two big wins over Mount Michael, Millard West, as well as Lewis Central. If not for their head-to-head loss to Lexington, the Skyhawks would be number one for sure. Seemingly stuck at number three, despite an undefeated record, are the Bennington Badgers. The Badgers are 10-0 with 37 goals for and only four against. Other media sources have the Badgers as the top-ranked team, and had I been able to see them in person this last week, I've been able to, I would have been able to make a better judgment, but you can thank Mother Nature for that one. As of now, the Badgers stay at number three for us. I think any potential Class B title game that has Bennington, Lexington, or Scutt in it has the opportunity to be a classic. In at number four is Columbus Scotus. After a tough opening set of games, the Shamrocks have won four straight and are staring down an important matchup against fellow ranked team Grand Island Northwest. After the Northwest game, Scotus' schedule gets considerably easier, and if they get a win against the Vikings, they should be able to solidify their ranking and their winning record. Deservedly moving up to number five are the undefeated Waverly Vikings. The Vikings are 7-0 with good wins over Blair and Elkhorn North. The Vikings could meet the highly ranked and fellow undefeated Bennington Badgers twice in the coming weeks, and that will be a true test of this Waverly squad. Until then, the Waverly boys are deservedly undefeated and in at the number five spot. In at number six, Grand Island Northwest. The Vikings only have one loss on the schedule, and that is to previously unranked Scott's Bluff. The Vikings are a difficult team to judge as their strength of schedule just isn't there. But their match against Columbus Scotus this week will give us a better indication of who they are as a team in relation to their Class B opponents. Falling one spot to number seven is South Sioux City. The Cardinals are 4-3 and three with their best win coming over Class A North Platte. I will 100% give kudos again to the Cardinals for playing a difficult schedule. They definitely test themselves against the best teams in the state. It does make it very hard for us to rank them, though, appropriately. That said, I'm going to continue to trust my gut and keep them mostly in the same spot as I do think they will be in the running for a spot in the state tournament at the end of the year. The eighth spot is occupied by the Ralston Rams. The Rams started off the season 5-0 before losing two of their last three, including one to previously unranked Platt. The Rams bounce back with a win over Blair and will look to carry that momentum with them the rest of the way out. Into the rankings in the ninth spot, and maybe a little controversially, considering some of the teams that were left out, is the Platt Boys soccer team. The Platt are 6-2 and two and have earned their way into the rankings with wins over Ralston and Nebraska City. The Platt's spot in the top 10, though, is not a steady one, as their two losses have come to unranked Elkhorn, which was Elkhorn's first win of the season, and previously ranked Blair. There will not be a lot of slip-ups allowed for the Platt if they hope to keep their spot in the Nest top 10. Also jumping back into the rankings in the 10th spot are the Scotts Bluff Bearcats. Scotts Bluff has earned their way back into the rankings after wins over Elkhorn North and Northwest. The Bearcats, much like the Platte, will maintain an unsteady hold on their position as their blowout losses to Lexington and Omaha South do not look great. They have a Wyoming heavy schedule coming up now, but we will continue to keep an eye on the Bearcats. My five teams to watch for the Class B boys rankings are Elkhorn North, Mount Michael, Nebraska City, Kearney Catholic, and Crete.
Elkhorn North have had an up-and-down season, and they will hope that a good run in the EMC tournament can get them some of their momentum back. I just can't quit on Mount Michael. Despite starting the season 1-5, and five, they have now won two in a row, and their back half of the schedule offers them several matchups that could help them climb up and into the rankings. At 5-1, and one, Nebraska City would have been in the rankings had they not lost to the Platte. The Pioneers will be able to prove themselves over the back half of the season. I don't think we've heard the last of them, but their first half of the schedule, their season was not a really difficult schedule, so it was hard to get them in there. Kearney Catholic are at 4-1, and one, and they'll be hoping a few more good results can push them into the top 10. Finally, Crete Boys Soccer are 4-2 and two and have decent standings in the PowerPoints. They can also make a push to jump into the top 10. Like I said, after the top three or four teams in Class B girls and boys, the next five through 15 get a little messy. This could make for an entertaining and unpredictable sub-districts and districts, but I am definitely here for it. Our rankings this week are number one, Lexington, number two, Scott, number three, Bennington, number four, SCOTUS, number five, Waverly, number six, Grand Island Northwest, number seven, South Sioux City, number eight, Ralston, number nine, The Platte, number 10, Scotts Bluff, with teams to watch, Elkhorn North, Mount Michael, Nebraska City, Kearney Catholic, and Crete. We're going to take a quick commercial break to highlight our most recent sponsor, who also has an offer for Nebraska Soccer Talk listeners. Deer Creek Sports Cantina and Tacos is located in Northwest Omaha and is a good family-friendly neighborhood hangout. They serve Mexican comfort food with all natural braised and grilled meats, based tortillas, and salsas made from scratch. They also have a variety of beverages for your enjoyment. Now here's the special offer. If you visit Deer Creek Sports Cantina and Tacos and you mention that you heard this ad on Nebraska Soccer Talk, you will receive free chips and salsa with your meal and or drinks. A great deal to kick off our partnership together. Deer Creek is located at 12221 Mary Plaza Road, which is right off of 120th and Military. Visit DeerCreekSportsCantina.com for menu and hours. And remember, when you go, tell them Nebraska Soccer Talk sent you. Moving into the Class A side of things now. The Class A girls were relatively easy to rank early in the season for me, but then they decided to follow the lead of the Class A boys and go rogue. Let's start with our top teams. Staying at number one are the Gretna Dragons. The Dragons are undefeated at 9-0. While I understand the PowerPoints have them seated as the third best team in the Metros, I'm still keeping them at number at the number one spot because they haven't done anything that deserves to have them dropped. If they get by Westside in the Metro Tournament semifinals, there's a potential matchup versus our number two ranked team awaiting them. Our number two ranked team are the Marion Crusaders. Marion are also undefeated at 9-0 and have been very impressive defensively in the opening start of the season. The Crusaders have a semifinal matchup with Papillion La Vista South in the Metro Tournament. If they win that and Gretna wins their semifinal, the Crusaders will have a chance to jump the Dragons to the number one spot with a win in the Metro Tournament final. Moving up to number three are the Lincoln Southwest Silverhawks. The Silverhawks are 7-1 with their lone loss coming in a 1-0 loss to number two Marion. The Silverhawks also own wins over other ranked Lincoln teams, Pius and East, and could cement their spot as the best team in Lincoln if they can get by ranked Lincoln Southeast later this month. The Silverhawks may not get as much attention as Marion or Gretna, but they are a formidable team. Falling to number four are Lincoln East. The Spartans are 7-2 and two with losses to Lincoln Southeast and Lincoln Southwest. I didn't want to drop the Spartans too far because I believe every team is entitled to a slip-up like they had against Southeast, 
and they lost to a good team in Lincoln Southwest. Unfortunate news, though, coming out of Lincoln East is the injury to Ashley Bretthauer, which will certainly impact the Spartan defense. Jumping to number five are the recently undefeated Elkhorn South Storm. The Storm were one of the most informed teams in the metros and the state, but unfortunately they lost their first game of the year this past weekend to Westside in the Metro Tournament quarterfinals. I still rate the Storm highly despite the loss, and they will have a chance to really prove themselves on the back half of the season when they see Papillion Levis to South, Gretna, and Marion in back-to-back-to-back games. In at number six, Papillion Levis to South. The Titans continue to confuse me. Within the time span of the last rankings, they have both won and lost to the number seven team. The Titans bounce back well from the game of the week loss to Millard West, and since they are in the Metro semifinals, I will give them the benefit of the doubt with the sixth place ranking. The Titans will have another crack at Marion before embarking on the second half of their schedule. In at number seven, we have Millard West. Millard West are one of only two three-loss teams in this week's top ten. The young Wildcat squad was on a good run before losing to Papio South this weekend in the Metro Tournament. The Wildcats have winnable games in Omaha South and Millard North over the next two weeks, but will face tough tests in Marion and Gretna as well. The Wildcats, for me, have to finish 2-2 two and two from those four games if they want to keep their spot in the top 10. That's like at a minimum. Moving up to number 8, we have Lincoln Pius, a big jump for the smallest school in Class A. Pius are 6-1 with their lone loss coming in penalty kicks to Lincoln Southwest. The Thunderbolts knocked Lincoln Southeast from the ranks of the unbeaten and could make even bigger gains in the rankings if they can find a way to get past Lincoln East coming up here this week. Staying at number 9 are the Lincoln Southeast Knights. At 5-0 with a win over Lincoln East, the Knights were rolling and probably dreaming of a city title matchup in April against Lincoln Southwest. Pius said hold up to those dreams though and knocked the Knights from the unbeaten ranks. That said, Southeast still has a really good opportunity to enter their April 20th matchup versus Lincoln Southwest as a one-loss team. Finally, entering the rankings at number 10 are the Westside Girls Soccer Program. At the time of recording, Westside is set to play Gretna in the Metro Tournament semifinals after upsetting Elkhorn South. Westside joined Millard West as the other three-loss team in the top 10 this week. The Warriors have done a good job of beating who they should beat, and sneaking a result against Elkhorn South will be huge for their postseason chances. Regardless if the Westside girls stay in our top 10 or not, they will con- they should be a team to watch the rest of the season. My three girls Class A teams to watch are Columbus, North Platte, and Papillion. Columbus were 6-0 to start the season, but have since lost three straight to Lincoln Southeast, Bennington, and Lincoln East. Had the Discoverers won even one of those three, there would be probably be a good shout for them to be in the top 10. North Platte are 7-3, but have not registered a quality win in those seven wins, so it's hard to get them above any of the other current top 10 teams. Finally, there is Papillion. At 5-4, some may wonder why, I'm in, why I'm in, I am including the Monarchs on this list, but it's because they have been one of the few teams that has been pretty consistent and has pushed the top teams even, even when they've lost to them. Papillion is a team that, if healthy, I would not want to see drawn into my district at the end of the season because of their their ability to possibly create an upset. Our rankings this week, number one, Gretna, number two, Marion, number three, Lincoln Southwest, number four, Lincoln East, number five, Elkhorn South, number six, Papillion La Vista South, number seven, Millard West, eight, Lincoln Pius, nine, Lincoln Southeast, 10, Westside. Our teams to watch are Columbus, North Platte, and Papillion. We're going to take a quick transition break, and then we will finish with the Class A boys' rankings. 
last but certainly not least, the much-anticipated, always crazy, and maybe controversial top 10 Class A boys rankings. I feel most comfortable with the rankings of the Class A boys because these are the teams I've seen the most of in person. I think I've seen seven of the this week's 10 ranked teams, um, as well as some of the ones that we didn't rank. So we start off with our new number one and the only undefeated team left in Class A boys soccer, Creighton Prep. The Junior Jays are 9-0, and but they have a crazy stretch of games coming up, including a Metro Tournament semifinal, possibly a final, as well as Gretna and Brian all on the schedule. A nice tough stretch for the Junior Jays. If they can get through that, uh, they will certainly be heads and shoulder favorites for the state championship coming up in May. Moving up to number two, we have the Lincoln Southwest Silverhawks. The Silverhawks are 7-1 and one with their lone loss to rival Lincoln East. Since the loss, the Silverhawks have reeled off five straight wins. They have only conceded one goal. The Silverhawks are one of the few teams I have not had the opportunity to see live. I'm going to have to try and catch a live stream sometime because the rest of their games are 5 p.m. weekday kickoffs in Lincoln, which is just impossible for me to make work with my work schedule. In at number three, we have the Gretna Dragons. The Gretna boys are 9-1 with their lone loss coming to Omaha Bryan. The Dragons will have a chance to avenge that loss in this week's upcoming Metro Tournament semifinal. Surely the game is going to be another classic, as the last several matchups between these two teams have been. The Dragons are a very talented team with a fun schedule on the way out. Outside the Metro Tournament, they have Papio South, Prep, Westside, Elkhorn South, and Omaha South on their remaining schedule. At number four, we have the Westside Warriors. Westside is 7-2 with losses to number three Gretna and previously unranked Omaha Bryan. That said, having seen the Warriors in person, I still think they are a top five Class A boys team in the state. They have the talent and the ability to be there at the end of the season. With South, Gretna, and Creighton Prep on the schedule in the back half, the Warriors will have a chance to climb the rankings even more. Falling all the way to number five are the Omaha South Packers. I've seen the Packers in person twice now, both times against Prep, and they have really just failed to impress me too much. That, along with their record of 6-2, and two, with narrow wins over Millard North and Elkhorn South, and no really like impressive wins otherwise, I don't have a ton of confidence in the Packers right now. That said, South gets a few days off before playing three games in a row against Hoover of Iowa, Bellevue West, and then Westside. I... I don't want, I'm not giving up on the Packers yet. I still see the Packers as a state tournament team. The state tournament is better when the Packers are in it, but I do not think that the Omaha South Packers are anything close to the same team as they were the last three to four years. In at number six are the Papillion La Vista South Titans. I finally got to see the Titans play live in person this weekend, and I was impressed. At nine and one, their only loss is to highly ranked Class B side Scott Catholic. The Titans have enough quality on their schedule that if they can continue to perform at a high level, and get results, there's no reason that they don't climb their way up the rankings into a top five spot. That said, they still have a Metro semifinal versus prep and regular season games against Gretna, Bryan, and Elkhorn South to worry about first. Falling to number seven, we have Lincoln East. The Spartans are one of three, three lost teams in our top 10 this week. The Spartans have lost to Westside, Lincoln Southeast, and Millard North. Their win over previously unranked Columbus High was a big one, a loss to the Discoverers would have more than likely tossed the Spartans from the top 10. The Spartans will hope to gain some momentum from their recent, recent win as they have three teams in Lincoln High, Pius, and Kearney who will all be looking to score a win and an upset over Lincoln East. Into the nest rankings for the first time this season, the Omaha Bryan Bears are at number eight. It was tough to keep the Bears out of the rankings last time after their road win over Gretna, but Omaha Bryan has lacked some consistency. The Bears are 5-3 with two less-than-ideal losses to Lincoln High and Elkhorn South. Credit where credit is due, though. The wins over Westside and Gretna were big time, 
and were enough to finally earn the Bears this ranking. Also joining the Bears in the nest rankings for the first time are the Columbus Discoverers. The Discoverers are 6-2 and two with losses to Lincoln Southwest and Lincoln East, but wins over Lincoln Southeast and Class B Columbus Scotus. The Discoverers could have made a huge jump into the rankings had the penalty shootout against the Spartans went the other way, but for now, the Discoverers will have to be content with the ninth spot. They have a real chance to finish as a two-loss team this season, so we will see what they can accomplish down the stretch. Finally, hanging on just barely in the top 10 are the Lincoln Southeast Knights, and I, this happened to them the last time, um, and then they came and surprised me with a result, so it could happen again. Uh, I referred to the Knights boys and girls programs as agents of chaos, and that still rings true for both teams, but it is more because they make it very difficult for me to rank them, and the boys program especially. They have been Jekyll and Hyde this season, especially the last three weeks, beating Lincoln High, Lincoln East, and Lincoln Pius, but losing to Columbus, Millard South, and Lincoln Northeast. The Knights hang on in the top 10 only for now. The five teams to watch for Class A boys soccer are Millard South, Millard West, Lincoln Pius, Kearney, and Elkhorn South. Millard South at 4-5 and five might be the best team with a losing record in the entire state, boys or girls. They have the pieces to be a 7- or 8-win team right now, as well as be in the top 10. If what has happened in their past games is what happened against Papillion and La Vista South, they're leaving a lot of chances on the field. Um, they really could have beat Papio South this past weekend, but they just could not finish on some golden chances. Millard West at 4-4 four and four don't have a quality win on their schedule, but they've also been... Um, but they've been and they've been unable to beat any ranked teams that they've come across. This was good enough to keep them in the top 10 for a while, but really not any longer considering the performances of some other teams. They have a chance to earn their way back in on the second half of the season. Lincoln Pius at 6 and 3 are a team to watch though they can't afford any more losses like their early season loss to Lincoln Northeast. Carney at 5 and 3 are flirting with a top spot or our spot in the top 10. Big games against Lincoln Southeast, Lincoln East and Columbus are still on the schedule for the Bearcats over the next couple weeks. Finally, Elkhorn South. At 5-3, the Storm don't score a ton of goals, but they also don't concede a lot. This leads to a lot of overtime soccer and a lot of stress for parents and fans. South will need to somehow get a result against Papio South, Gretna, or Creighton Prep if they want to make that next step into being considered a top 10 team. Our top 10 for Class A boys this week is Creighton Prep at 1, South Lincoln Southwest at 2, Gretna at 3, Westside at four, Omaha South at five, Papillion La Vista South at six, Lincoln East at seven, Omaha Bryan at eight, Columbus at nine, Lincoln Southeast at 10, with teams to watch in Millard South, Millard West, Lincoln Pius, Kearney, and Elkhorn South. This week's Nebraska Soccer Talk top 10 rankings were brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. One of the most common injuries I see in young athletes is overuse injuries. This is brought on by a combination of poor training habits and poor training footwear. Fleet Feet Sports can help with the latter. There are locations in Omaha and Lincoln. Check out their locally owned and operated stores in person or online at www.fleetfeet.com. Fleet Feet Sports has been a tremendous supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk and our soccer community. We encourage all of our listeners to visit Fleet Feet for their footwear needs. Thank you for listening to Nebraska Soccer Talk. As a reminder, if you want to receive early and exclusive content like the top 10 rankings, tournament previews, game notes, and more, consider joining our Nebraska Soccer Talk Supporters Club through our Venmo or Patreon. Our Venmo is www.venmo.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. 
and our Patreon is www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. Nebraska Soccer Talk supporters will receive EMC and Central Conference Tournament previews later this evening. Before I let you go, I want to give a quick shout out to a team that usually doesn't get as much attention. They have had a good first half of the season. The boys over at Lincoln Northeast are currently 5-3 with big wins over Lincoln Pius and recently a big win over Lincoln Southeast. They have a tough upcoming schedule, but it may be possible for the Rockets to finish the regular season with a winning record, which will help their power points and a good chance at a good district draw. On the girls' side, I want to give a quick shout-out to the South Sioux City Girls Program. The Cardinals entered this weekend at 2-5, but they went on the road and secured wins over Iowa teams St. Albert and Des Moines East. Congratulations to the Cardinals Girls Program, which often gets overshadowed by their boys' program because they don't have quite the same success. But going on the road into Iowa and getting those two wins is a big achievement for them. Thank you for listening, and remember to tune in next week for more Nebraska Soccer Talk.